welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name is Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher and yoga business coach. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy 45 minutes of training for you and your yoga business. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to our Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast for the week. Super exciting thing to share with you today. You might have been a part of this already, but maybe you don't know about it. Last uh, month, I have been offering a week-long masterclass with my friend and colleague, Nicole Valcamp, all about spiritual leadership. How do you step into the role of a leader very much as your own fabulous yogic self? And so today for the podcast, what I've got for you is an excerpt of one of the trainings that we did in that masterclass. So if you thought you missed out, you haven't. Also in the call, uh, Nicole and I are talking about the retreat that we're offering together coming up starting on the 30th of May at the Shivananda Yoga Ashram in the Bahamas. So if you are interested in spending a week at the, in the Bahamas doing yoga with me, Nicole, who wouldn't be? Uh, and also learning a whole bunch of amazing content that Nicole and I are preparing about spiritual leadership, make sure you check it out. The link is amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership. But right now, enjoy this conversation with Nicole. Nicole Valcamp and me. In the topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is how to not struggle with decision making, because yeah. what you just identified, and it was true for me as well until I happened to see something pop up, is that there was something going on and I just presumed it was me. <laughs> As opposed to maybe this is a bigger thing and maybe I can get inquisitive and curious about what's going on instead of sort of playing small and presuming that I'm the problem. Um. And um, I kind of wonder if part of the reason that we, that folks can struggle with decision making is because we either think we're part of the problem or we don't want to become part of mm. the problem. We don't want to make things worse. We don't want to get it wrong. We don't want people to judge us. And so the, so we can delay on making a choice because we're, we're worried about being wrong, getting it wrong. Yeah. So um, for today's session on decision-making, Amy and I are just going to kind of talk about the things that we find in decision-making that work for us, that don't work for us. Like Amy is just giving this great example right now. We're going to take your questions and then we're going to go through the handout a little bit at the end. And then there's some homework and meditation for you guys to do. So Amy, I think what you just touched on is um, not wanting to get it wrong and I just realized how much perfectionism, you know, that not wanting to get it wrong is such a huge delay -er of decision making. Yeah. And also yeah. the combination, no, the way that per procrastination is a byproduct of perfectionism, which I hadn't thought about. And more and more I'm seeing, even in my own business, the way perfectionism like leads to my procrastination and putting off decisions because I don't want to make the wrong decision trying to get it you know right quote unquote trying to get it perfect yeah does anyone else relate to that guys <laughs> so okay. my question like because we've talked a little bit about perfectionism and procrastination in the podcast series I'm wondering if folks if we can take it like the next level down because if we are not doing, not making a choice because we're worried about getting it wrong, i.e. procrastinating because of perfectionism, I suspect that that's, there's a fear there as to why that's causing that behaviour. We're smart people. That's a dumb thing to do. Smart people don't do dumb things unless there's some kind of hidden benefit, which normally looks like avoiding a fear. So folks that are watching us live, what sort of fears do you have around 
choices like what what are you frightened of the outcome being um or what what you know what what's the you're you're delaying on making a choice because of some kind of perceived worst case scenario i'm curious to know what that might be and nicole i'm wondering for you i mean and i could share i'll share mine as well what are the what are the fears that come up sometimes around um making a choice why why do you sometimes delay on making a choice yeah, that's such a such a good point to get to the fear underneath it, because if we can identify, like you said, the hidden benefit, like, why am I doing this thing? What am I getting out of it um, that I might not even be aware of? But there's some payoff for me. Right. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be delaying or putting it off. I think it actually relates really nicely to the second class on uh, caring about what other people think. Yes. Because or about my business or whatever the content I'm putting out there, because it's like um, I don't want to get it wrong. And what happens if I do get it wrong? Well, they might judge me. They might think I'm not really a very good business owner. They might think my content is bunk. They might, you know, they might think, oh, I can't believe she put that out. Like, look at the spelling errors. I mean, I, I don't like to call anyone out, but I actually had someone return an email that I wrote to me once with like all of the grammatical corrections that were needed like, <laughs> as a way of offering copywriting services. I've had that happen too. Don't worry. I've had that happen too. <laughs> um, and I was just like, thank you. You know, like I'm well, I was well aware that the email had tons of grammatical errors. Like grammar was a big thing in our household growing up. My mom is Canadian. I don't know if there's anyone else who's Canadian on this, but like apparently grammar is huge in Canada. <laughs> It's like that here too. There are grammar police here too. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I knew the email was like that. And you know what? I sent it out anyway because I wanted to get like the message and the story out. And I wasn't as concerned with it. You know, I was letting go of my perfectionism. Perfectionism. But, right. So I was like, I just got to send it out. You know, I'm on a schedule. I'm on a timeline. This is the launch that I'm in. It has to go out. And it was okay, you know, I, I kind of laughed it off when they sent that email back to me. I was like, oh, you know, like I probably would have done this at some point in my career too. But I made the decision to send it out and to, you know, do it knowing that it wasn't perfect because the message was more important. And I, and I let go of what people might think of me. And I feel like literally every time I put a post anywhere in the world, I like have to do it with the intention of like, whatever people think is up to that. You know, it's none of my business. Like I talked about in class too, what people think of me is none of my business. Cause okay. otherwise I literally wouldn't be able to make any decisions. Okay. I wouldn't be able to run my business. I don't know if it's yes. like that for me, but that's what, that's what I'm remembering. Yes. Tracy yeah. says I'm mortified whenever I find I've sent out a mail out with a typo in it. Oh my God, Tracy. The email that I got back from this person. I mean, it was like, a red pen had been taken to my whole email. It was a disaster. And I was like, oh, well, you know, and the person had the best of intentions. This isn't to come down on them at all. But for me, I, I like forgot about a typo. This is like incomplete sentences. <laughs> was, Nicole, they were style choices, I'm sure. You right. knew the rules and chose to break them. I think, you know, for me, I think the reason that I delay making choices, particularly in my business, yeah. is the fear of, um, not so much what will other people think of me, uh, but mine is what if it doesn't pay off, mm. particularly with significant invi uh, financial investments. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for example, right now I, I've uh, 
I've met this new fantastic uh, woman who really has what I need in my business, um, for the, you know, for, what, for where, what I need to work on. And she's, we've had a couple of phone calls and she's got great energy and she gets my business and she's given me a proposal and it's a fair sum. And I haven't signed up yet because of the fear of well, what if I don't, what if I can't get the results that she's talking about? Okay, everybody else got them, but what if it doesn't work for me? What if the investment doesn't pay off? So for, I think one of the, in, in business, a fear that I have that causes me to procrastinate is what if I make the wrong financial choice? I.e., mm. What if I spend rather than invest? What if it doesn't come back? That one keeps me frustratingly um, playing small sometimes, mm -hmm. I find. I don't know yeah. if anyone in the chat can relate to that. Like you haven't spent money on your business because you haven't made a choice to spend because you're concerned that it won't pay off. I definitely relate to that. I mean, I think a lot of times I'm even fairly certain that the investment is going to pay off, but I'm still kind of scared to make it. You get kind of gun shy, like pulling that trigger, you know, can be um, just a maybe overwhelming even when I'm pretty certain it's going to pay off. And then all the more so if there's uncertainty of like, oh, is this really going to work? Mm -hmm. That making the decision can be really challenging. What helps, what has helped me and what I coach other people to do, I would say, especially first time around in your business or with anything that you're doing, I, I consider first time around like a complete learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I frame it that way, like, okay, this is my first time doing X. This is my first time doing Y. Even if I don't make everything back from this one launch or from this one retreat or from this one promotion, it, I'm in it for the long haul, right? Like this is, you know, my business, I hope for the rest of my life in some ways, right? Like this is the beginning of a lifelong career. I don't plan on going back to my corporate job and, and saying, yeah. hey, can I be a financial analyst again? So <laughs> I'm in this to make it work, right? Like, and so if the first time I do something, it doesn't work perfectly or I don't make the perfect or the right decision, if I, if I frame it as this is all a learning opportunity, then it takes a lot of the pressure off of me and I can take action much more easily. I don't know if that helps anyone. Um, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Some comments coming in. I wish I could see who they were from. Let me see. Let me see. Um, uh, Monique says, I have a fear of what if I commit to too much at once? Oh, I love this one, Monique. Thanks for raising it. And yes, that unknown of what if I'm the one client who bombs out Monique, this is, thank you for that point because like when I was listening to Nicole sharing just now, it's never about what if that coach or that mentor or that service provider doesn't, like isn't actually as good as they say they are. It's always like you said, Monique, what if everyone else they've worked with is great and maybe I'm crap? It's so interesting, this self-worth connection. Right. And, and Monique goes on to say, people please she, yes, exactly. That's what Monique says. This comes back to the people pleasing stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. I have uh, I have this creating a life of miracles course and I had someone sign up. And as part of the course, I also do individual sessions. And in the first session, she said to me, I was, a, I almost didn't sign up for the course because I was afraid I was going to be your one student who didn't create miracles. 
And even in the first session, she already had tons of miracles just from the pre-work and the work that we'd been doing together. But it was like, think how, like, I was like, think if she had not signed up because of the fear, you know, I mean, the class was very transformative for her. I was like, had she not signed up because she thought she was going to be the only person who wasn't going to create miracles, you know? And it's like, our minds can just twist things around in the worst ways to, I think it's just to keep us, I mean, it comes from a good place. It, it's our mind, our ego wanting to protect us, doesn't want us to take undue risk that would put us out there or put us in a financially precarious situation. Or, you know, I think it's like, sometimes it's nice to think of the ego as not all bad. And it is yeah. trying to protect us on, and help us in the way that it knows how. It's trying to keep us safe, but that can inhibit all of the growth. You know, if, like what happens if you don't work with this coach, Amy, you know, or this person who, who you have this business, business proposal from, right? It's like a lot of times we know what it looks like if we don't do it, but we don't know what it looks like if we do do it. And that's where obviously the growth and the excitement and everything good is, but the decision-making process can get us a little bogged down, I think. I, I agree. And I think that one of the folks, Nicole and I have created a, um, a guided uh, visualization meditation audio for you. Actually, what I might do for those of you who are here live, we've had a little bit of a, hey, Glennis is here. We've had a little bit of a, what the, um, trying to get it to you. But folks who are watching us live, let me know, like click, hit that link I've just put into the chat, into the comments and let me know if it works. Um, if it doesn't, we're going to email it out to you. You'll get it. It's fantastic and you'll love it. One of the things that Nicole really emphasizes in that freebie is the um, attunement to your body wisdom. So it's not just all heady and in the intellect. And I know in the uh, principles that we've put together for you as well, the spiritual leadership principles, we've, there's a couple in there that are about coming back to the body. Nicole, I'm wondering about if you could talk to us a little bit more about the meditation and, and why that's important to get grounded. Yeah, that's so great. Thank you. Um, Amy put that meditation to some really nice music. So you guys got a, got a treat there instead of just me talking. But um, hopefully that, oh, no, they say the link is not working. Okay, so we're going to wait. We'll figure it out. Thanks for testing with us. Yeah, we're going to, we'll get you the meditation, we promise. <laughs> um, you can't do it right now anyway, because you have to listen to us talk. <laughs> so I found in my years of this, of this practice that so, there's so much wisdom and intelligence in my body that I really have had to work to learn to, to access because I'm such a head, um, I'm such a, I think it's what is it your left brain and like super left brained and we all are we live in the west we're very left brain like i think about the computer the processes even just like getting this facebook live i mean we're constantly analyzing and in our minds so for me when i can drop down into my body and listen and learn to attune to that wisdom of like what does my gut say what does my heart say do I feel tingly? Do I feel nervous? Am I having a hard time breathing? What's my breath like? All of those are cues and signals for me about if the, you know, how to go in this, in the decision-making process. And I can tell you that every decision I've ever made where at the time of decision, I had any kind of discomfort or in body or any kind of nagging that was like, this maybe isn't uh, the right thing or whatever, always I end up either 
reneging on the decision and coming back to the person and saying, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. And, you know, can you understand mm. that, I have, that this is not the right decision for me? Um, and sometimes they understand and sometimes they don't and try to, you know, just accept the consequences of that as a learning opportunity for me or um, just regretting it, you know, going through with something that I just really didn't want to go through with. And so the more I can attune to my body, the more I can be certain that the decisions I'm making are authentic and true for me. I, I really love that. And it's just so important. Folks, before um, we went live with you here today, Nicole and I were just chatting about uh, some personal examples that we have uh, about struggling with decision making. And if it's all right, Nicole, the one that I that came to mind for me really resonates with what you just shared about a time where I ignored the like alarm bells in my body and made a choice pretty much based on peer pressure, mm. which, um, you know, which cost me, it was like, a, it was a $20,000 decision. And there was something in me that was like, oh, I don't feel good about this. But my brain was like, but you don't want to miss out and everybody else is doing it and everybody else wants you to do it. You should do it. Even though my, you know, my body was like, this is not for you. That this, this just doesn't, and I didn't know why, because it wasn't an intellect thing, but my mm -hmm. body was definitely saying, uh-uh, but mm -hmm. I did it and my body was right and it wasn't a good decision. <laughs> and then you're in that position of, you know, it's like this, it's like the spiritual leadership principles, that radical personal responsibility. Well, that's on me. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we learn those lessons, you know, sometimes. <laughs> expensive lessons sometimes they're left expensive lessons I, I mean, don't need to learn it again right yeah that's it, exactly because you learned at that time you won't learn it again so I find the lessons keep coming up for me until I actually learn them and they will come back for sure <laughs> <laughs> and I I think with that Amy like when you meant when you mentioned peer pressure and decision making I mean, I, I have like actually a very live example about this, or even just like a few weeks ago, I made a decision that I didn't really feel good about. And um, luckily it's not gonna cost me anything. I went back to the person and said, listen, I made a mistake. And he wasn't uh, super understanding, but I think <laughs> that because I did it in a spiritual way and I held my ground, you know, I was willing to accept the consequences that he was threatening me with basically. And I said, you know, I'm willing to see this through. If whatever is going to happen, I trust in the universe. I'm not going to back down um, on what's right for me just because you're trying to tell me that this is what I have to do, you know, I, and that, but I did it in a spiritual kind way where I didn't get super aggressive right away. I just said, listen, I know that this is right. I know I made a mistake. I owned where I had made a mistake, which I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that person doesn't have many people on the phone because so many times when we make a mistake in a decision, we try to find a reason to justify it or to put yeah. it on the other person. Yeah, the other, yes, yes. You know, it's really your fault I made this mistake. And I said, you know, I fully own I made this mistake and it was a mistake and this is where I am and this is what I think and this is what I'm willing to do and this is what I'm not willing to do. And, you know, your choices are up to you. And 
I think he was really surprised by that. He, he didn't even want to talk to me on the phone and I wanted to talk on the phone to resolve it. He just wanted to email. So <laughs> I think it's an example though of how you know it's okay to make mistakes. We can change our minds and decisions. We can own our part. And we can do it in a spiritually principled way, you know, without um, going to, without going to shame or guilt or blame, you know, I don't have to feel ashamed that I made a mistake and he doesn't have to feel ashamed. I don't have to feel, feel guilted into anything and he doesn't have to be blamed for anything. It's just, everyone's kind of trying to do the what's best for them. I think that's what spiritual decision-making would look like, right? I. I totally agree. And what I love about this anecdote also is that it highlights the difference between changing your mind and being indecisive. Mm. Because you're not talking about being indecisive. You're not flip-flopping, not sure, not sure. You made a choice and upon reflection, you changed your mind and then you uh, sought the, you know, sort of resolution to that, the implications of that choice, which I think is very powerful um, because I, I, want, I don't know, folks, in the chat, let us know. But I wonder if there is a little bit of, particularly for women, this, oh, she's so, particularly for women who work in holistic businesses, mm -hmm. spiritual businesses, um, yeah. there can be a little bit of name-calling or judgment about being indecisive and wishy-washy and flaky, which is different from, I'm an empowered spiritual leader, I chose this thing, and upon reflection I've changed my mind, and right. now I'm going a different way. Right. You know, this person um, told me that I had growing up to do. <laughs> it, and, and the emails were quite paternal. I mean, this was a conversation with an older man who was kind of treating me like I was a, a child, even though I thought I was showing up as a very mature businesswoman. <laughs> you know, I don't know if this has happened to anyone, if it has, but um i do oftentimes find that there is that um you're so flaky you're so young you know you have growing up to do i mean i i guess you know <laughs> maybe <laughs> candida says sounds like me at the moment amanda's here as well hey gorgeous Hey, hey, Amanda. Hey, Candida. Candida, what sounds like you at the moment? Which part? The indecision or the changing your mind? Um, or the flaky. Or and, the flaky. And is that, is that the right term? Yeah. I, I do think people call, I do think for whatever reason, we, we expect leaders in today's culture not to change their minds. Like, if you are a member of a parliament or politics and you change your mind, you get totally roasted for like but you did this three years ago and therefore you can't do something else today and i wonder how much of that we internalize you know mm -hmm. as in our own business as being like it's wrong to change your mind or we're afraid of people calling us flaky or indecisive or or childish i mean this person told me i was being childish because i changed my mind i had growing up to do you know and is that something that we so we don't feel like we're we can change our minds um, and I think changing, being allowed to change your mind is a super important part of being a good spiritual leader and running an effective spiritual business. How could we possibly learn and grow if we didn't have the right and the ability to change our minds, you know? But I also think, I think it's like, any, it's like it's sort of any tantric teaching, you know, there's no black or white. It's, you've got to feel the right balance point because I do think that, and I'm, 
happy to declare it for the yoga industry at least there is a hell of a lot of flaky energy out there and there is people that um are, are making wishy-washy decisions uh probably as an avoidance tactic rather than actually what we're talking about is standing firm and making a grounded choice or changing your mind as a spiritual leader rather than bailing on people at the last minute saying you'll do something and then just not because you didn't like feel like it um you know I, one of my clients had a substantial uh, investment retreat uh situation project planned with someone else who just flaked out on her at the last minute because it just didn't feel any more like an energetic match like i think there is a difference between mm. this is what i think this is what we're talking about in terms of spiritual leadership it's not being dogmatic and holding on to something even though you don't feel right about it anymore but it's also not just i'm going to do whatever i like whenever i like regardless of the consequences for everybody else it's something beautifully in the middle right i love that amy i think it goes back to the principles we put together about personal responsibility and yeah, really yeah. taking responsibility for what's our part and if we commit to doing something, you know, barring some sort of circumstances that makes it, you know, dangerous or unhealthy or whatever happens, we, we do our best to follow through. That's, that's different than indecision. And I like what you're saying a lot about making a decision, you know, be it quote unquote, right or wrong. I don't even like those, those terms because it's just yeah. like everything is a learning. So whatever road you go, this is something yoga has really helped me to overcome is I used to be so stuck on decision-making, like trying to get it right. And I finally realized that like the universe is going to bring me the lesson, no matter what road I go down, you know, like <laughs> the karmic lessons I have to, I have to learn. I literally cannot escape. <laughs> the universe will outsmart me, <laughs> outsmart me. So, so comforting, actually, it's coming at me regardless. It relieves so much pressure on decisions because like your karma, you know, my karma is my karma. Your karma is your karma. If there's something we need to learn, it's coming for us. <laughs> yeah, I like that. The yeah. chat is going great, ladies. I'm loving it. Yes, yes, says Candida. Monique loves the term grounded choice. Yeah. Ooh. Katie Dutton's in the house. Hello, Blondie. Hey. So, so fun. Cool. So you guys all here grounded choice yeah i like that grounded choice too and i wanted to say about that amy you know i have people who i work with one-on-one -on -one and also in group format and there are some people who have been on the fence about working with me in a private setting because i don't put like limits on um like my group things open and close you join the group or you don't but private it's like kind of depends on my availability so there are some people who like for months have been on the fence about working together and i don't um close the door, but I can tell you that I had one, I have one client, she's fantastic. She just made the decision to work together. She's been doing the deal for four months. You know, she's a single mom, she does it all. And she's done so much in four months. And she's like, I wish I had more time to work on this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you are doing this girl, you know, like you're doing the work, you're building something versus the clients who still four months later, are like, I don't know, I want to start any day now, you know, and I really just release it and surrender it to the universe. It's their process. But yeah. like the difference between someone who made a decision and is moving forward and someone who, you know, is still on the fence trying to make a decision. I mean, 
it's a difference. You know, there's only yeah. so long you can stay on the fence for and then wonder why the results aren't coming. Yeah, I love that. And and the other part about that, not only does, you know, does it affect the result of the decision, but I think if you have a level of discomfort in the decision-making process, why on earth would you want to have four months of discomfort? Like right. It's almost like, is it a yes or a no, but just right. decide because let's get you out of uncertainty. Yeah. Definitely. I think there's a, there's a time to sit in a question and feel your body and use our meditation and all of those good things. But then there's just unnecessary suffering with being kind of stuck in a question because of that procrastination. Absolutely. Procrastination is such an, uh, it's like a, the worst form of self-inflicted suffering because it's like you, the, the space of being in procrastination doesn't feel good. The thing weighs on you for much longer than it needs to. And you have that ele added element of risk and uncertainty. Like Swami Shivananda always said, do it now. And my teacher says the same thing, do it now. Because if you put, you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I mean, unfortunately, you know, in the realities of life and death, and as yogis, I think we do try to think a little bit about death. We don't know what's happening tomorrow. You know, we don't know, like if I'm putting something off till Monday, I don't know that I'm gonna be healthy on Monday. Like. What if I wake up really sick Monday morning and then I can't get this deliverable out because I waited to the last minute, you know? So that doesn't mean killing ourselves to do everything in one day, but it's like learning to make priorities, learning to be decisive, all of these skills I think we're talking about and we'll talk about even more in depth in the spiritual, leader, spiritual leadership retreat. The oh, yeah. whole point is these skills of like, how do we build self-sustaining, you know, long-term businesses that feel good. Mm, yes. Procrastination. Love that. No, and being stuck in uncertainty. And I, so we started, uh, someone just, who just joined and said, I just joined you and you're both laughing. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Alison, hey, Alison. Um, we talked um, earlier, Alison, we were just been talking about, we kicked off the conversation to talk about well, what is the underlying fear that causes us to delay making choices. I wonder if the next thing to consider is then in, in that sort of spadhyaya, in understanding ourselves more, taking a look at what decision-making habits may we have that also aren't serving us. So for example, I know for me, with anything related to my travel, I wait until the very last second to make a choice, to take action, to decide and it drives me and my team nuts I, I, I'm breaking the habit now but that has been for the past couple of years my habit with decision making around anything to do with travel has been to leave it to the last minute and it causes a lot of anxiety and stress for me so mm. I'm wondering like, if we I'd love to hear from everybody in the chat do you recognize that you may have a non-serving habit around decision making that you might like to correct what about you, Nicole? Do you think you have a, any habits around decision-making and maybe that you've already done the work on or anything that's still there? Yeah, the, I think the one around travel, that used to be huge for me. Really? I could not make a ticket until seven days ahead of time. I mean, I was always like, but I just don't know where I'm going to be. <laughs> I just don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know what <laughs> I'm flying out of, you know? <laughs> But like we can laugh about it now, but literally that's that's what I would say to people. They'd be like, are you coming on my retreat? Or are you coming to visit me? Or 
are you, do you want to meet me here? And I would be like, I just don't know how I'm going to feel. Like, I just can't book the ticket. I don't know where I'm going to be. And I think that's like, we were talking about the flakiness of being a yogi. I think I was a little bit, maybe too in the state of impermanence and Mm. grounding myself so that, you know, grounding myself in one place, grounding myself so I could build a business, um, grounding myself so that like, I had someone email me said she would love to come on our retreat but she needs a timeline that's longer, you know, because she has her own business or whatever. Mm. So she's like, you have your retreat schedule for next year. And like, to be honest, I don't, I mean, Mm. I need to create my retreat schedule for next year. You know, (laughs) I have this retreat, which is going to be fantastic. And I also know from the end of, you know, I used to work in marketing for retreat centers. I can tell you more than 50% of people who book do so in like the 20 days prior to arrival. So think of ability it creates for the retreat center for in terms of forecasting you can't forecast because you don't know who's coming so i think for me it's something that i made a decision to work on like to start to plan more in advance to be more accountable to be more responsible to be more grounded and it it does help it makes a difference you know i see the results in my life personally i see the results in my business yeah uh, totally. I, and I know the only time ever I've had a tick is when I've been camping at Yogaville. And because I left my decision too late, guess who's got a tent site again? The Christian after Memorial Day weekend, me. Hey, Julie's <laughs> here. Alison yeah. says, I spend too long researching all the alternatives. Oh my God, Alison, I spend too long avoiding researching all the alternatives. <laughs> but yeah, the alternatives are part of what makes me anxious. And I think it's another, sometimes it can be another subtle form of procrastination, right? Yeah. Like yes. All those alternatives, trying to get it perfect, trying to make yeah, the best decision. You know, yeah. I know people are trying to save $5 on, you know, can I get, they're choosing between three different products. And it's like, you want to get the best deal. So you wait and wait and wait, and then you think the prices are going down and they never do. And it's like, I mean, really, if you need that thing, you should probably just buy it, you know? If it's important yeah. to your business, if it's important to your growth, just just do it, you know? And is that a form of procrastination or is it a form of self-sabotage? I think mm. sometimes you could wait to the last minute and then let's say there isn't room for something because spaces fill up, there isn't space left, whatever, the price goes up. And then it's like, you don't get in and you can kind of say to yourself like, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be. And it's like, that's not necessarily true. Maybe it was meant to be. And maybe I just didn't act on it. Yes, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, that's forcing circumstance to make the choice for you. It's avoiding the decision altogether. Right. It's not really making a decision. It's I've heard it said that being indecisive is a decision. Yes. You know, not deciding is a form of making a decision. And then you're left with the consequences of not deciding. And then in the end, you might realize, oh, I really wish I had done that thing. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And in the common procrastination and fear. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Fear is a big one. Yeah. Self-sabotage for Amanda. Self-sabotage and procrastination. Yeah, I think they go together. I think procrastination... I actually think procrastination and perfectionism are both forms of self-sabotage. 
because yeah. with procrastination, it's very hard to do a really good job when you procrastinate. I mean, just it's a fact and you risk things like things being sold out and, you know, losing a space. If you wait to the last minute to book an airline ticket and then there's none left, you know, yeah. that's, that's self-sabotage. But perfectionism is also self-sabotage because we make it impossible for ourselves to be successful. And if it's impossible, impossible to be successful, you know, what does that feel like? <laughs> which, which leaps us all the way back, of course, to um, self-worth. Yeah, self-worth, exactly. We don't, we don't think, if we don't believe we deserve to feel good, then we'll perpetuate behaviors that make us not feel good. Right, if we don't yeah. believe we're, we, de we are deserving of spending yeah. money on you know, yeah. what, oh, I can't spend that much on myself. Yeah. So I'm wondering if anybody who, who, who has like an affirmation practice, you know, if this is resonating for you, things like I'm, I trust myself to make great decisions. I'm an excellent decision maker. I give myself permission to change my mind. Mm -hmm. I deserve uh, clear choices. You know, these sorts of things will be empowering if, if you you know use these as your mantra practice these will be empowering over time yeah i think one that's in the meditation that i think you guys were saying that the link worked maybe for one person it didn't work but for us other people it was working so i think one i use in that meditation is i am led to the perfect decision in the perfect way in the perfect time you know the universe mm -hmm. the universe creates conditions for me to make the perfect decision for me like so good you know, the perfect choice is revealed to me, the per, you know, and I find for me, if it keeps coming up either yes or no, like if I keep having a feeling of like, mm, I don't think so. If I keep having a feeling of like clicking, clicking, oh, I'm looking at it again and again and again, like that's a sign <laughs> that, that, that it's time to make the decision. And if it keeps <laughs> up, no, then that's a time to let it go, you know? Okay. Yeah. Let that go, create space for something new. Yeah. So yeah. I'm wondering, just conscious of time, if perhaps we'll t talk a little bit about the, we've, we've got a little homework pack for you. Actually, it's a yeah. very cool resource that you can use again and again and again. And then yeah. we've, uh, I'd love it if we could take some time to rave about our retreat and let everybody know because the bonuses are expiring soon. So Yeah, March 20th, guys, bonuses. Yeah. And also take your questions about, about the retreat yeah. too. I have a, I've had a lot of people reach out to oh. me with questions about timing and um, all of those things, who's it for, uh, what, what are we going to be doing? What's the ashram like, you know, maybe okay, there's cool. a little bit of fear around being on an ashram for a retreat. So we'll take any questions too. So let's dive into the handout, Amy. Okay, perfect. So essentially we, we won't go through it uh, with you in real time now because the purpose of the handout and the recording really is to be a tool to use when you are facing a decision that you feel ambivalent about. So the handout, um, it, guide, it asks some preliminary questions and then you take the meditation, which goes for about 14, 15 minutes. And then there's some more journaling options once you've completed it so that you feel really great about the choice that you've made. And it's gonna help you for anybody who feels a little bit like we were talking about at the start, a bit sort of brainy, help you get down into the body and really be present with yourself and let you have that 15 minutes of your day to be in conscious decision-making as a spiritual leader. So you're not trying to do a million other things and also get clarity on something that might be quite complex. So it's really, it's a resource. And like I said, you can use it every time you need to make a choice. In fact, I 
figure it out and get, figure out how to get that MP3 onto your phone so that you can have it with you, when, particularly if you travel for your business. I know I've had resources like that on my phone, man, you know, if I'm in a different time zone and everyone else is asleep, but I'm awake, those things are very powerful. So get it and use it. And perhaps, Nicole, we might send out a, a catch up replay note yeah. to everybody um, to make sure that we can also give you that link in a way that everybody can access. I think Candida couldn't pick it up just now. So, mm. but it's, it's great. It's going to be really useful for you. And um, it's it, not only will it be useful, it will be re useful. Right. Like often. <laughs> Listen to it again and again, every time. I think it's decision-making is a practice. It's a skill, yeah. you know, it's something yeah. that has to be practiced. It has to, has to be taught. I think there are ways to teach good decision-making. Um, like some of the things we've talked about here, understanding why we aren't making the decision, identifying if we're in procrastination, identifying if we're in perfectionism, identifying the payoff of not deciding. I think a lot of times it means we don't have to take responsibility for things turning out one way or another. So responsibility avoidance, which obviously makes it very difficult to be a leader if we don't want to take responsibility. Although we may live in a culture where we see leaders not necessarily model responsibility taking, you know, if we want to be spiritual leaders, I think taking responsibility is important. So practice the meditation, you know, use the meditation as part of the practice to get better at decision-making, you know, there's, that's something that can be done. Yeah. Anyone yeah. have any, yeah. Any, um, any other comments? Some, some people gave us some nice affirmations around decision-making that those could be useful too. Yeah. Kim's Yeah. Yeah. Loving these comments, everybody. Great. Thanks for being so involved with us. It's better yeah. to do something imperfectly than do nothing perfectly. Yep, but that too. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Do you guys have any questions on decision making? Anything that seems to come up perpetually? The perfectionism we talked about, procrastination, caring what other people think about us. Um, I just used to get a lot of anxiety, you know. That's maybe yeah, and, and, and well, like Monique said about not having a tolerance for feeling good and um, I think I developed a tolerance for feeling that low-level anxiety be that I had created myself because I was refusing to make a choice, refusing to decide on something. Yeah. And just became, I just became comfortable with that level of discomfort. Right. Yeah, that we can get... We can have kind of a threshold for pain that yeah. is not comfortable. Yeah. Why, why stay there when we can not be there? You know, like making the decision would help so much. And for yeah. whatever reason, we stay there. But I like that you said that that's part of that study and self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. we can change that, you know, we can see it. And I do think that one, this was something that I really took away from my corporate days. One of the things they always said made a good leader was someone who thinks and acts decisively. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation with a leader of a group or a team who doesn't make decisions or can't make decisions, but there's really nothing worse. You know, yeah. I mean, being on a team with no decision maker or being on a team where the decision maker says one thing and then does another thing or says one thing today and another thing tomorrow and then another thing, that, that's not changing your mind. That's like you said, that flip-flopping. You know, today we're doing X, no, tomorrow we're doing Y. Can't choose a strategy. I mean, you can't, that's not a setup for success. You know, better to 
choose one direction and follow it and fail than choose no direction and fail. Yeah, I love it. I totally agree. Yeah. And it's, it's reassuring. It's comforting. It's, it's like cueing yoga asana. You want the teacher to tell you exactly what to do. Yeah. And then you can modify. Right. But if you're not, there's nothing worse than being in a class where you don't quite know what's going on. Right. That's so true. As a yoga teacher, they did tell us, you know, in your voice, be confident. You know, you don't ask people, do you want to come up into Sarvangasana shoulder stand? <laughs> come up into Sarvangasana. <laughs> do you feel like, you know, putting your right hand next to your right leg? I mean, if you were, if we were always asking for permission and approval seeking, can you imagine being in a class with a teacher like that who's not decisive? Like, you know, we have, it is, I mean, maybe yoga can get too commandy, but like as the teacher, you do have to give clear, direct instruction, like come up into shoulder stand now. Yeah. This, you know? this is what we're doing. Get, yeah. yeah. I've made this choice for you. Yeah. Right. And if, and if you need to modify, modify now, you know, so good. And that, how can we be leaders? It would suck. The class would totally suck and it would go on for hours and people would be all over the place. But uh, such a perfect segue, Nicole, to, to, to launch into uh, inviting people to come on retreat with us because yeah. I, I am so excited about taking your yoga classes. <laughs> oh, no pressure. No. <laughs> I don't feel any pressure. I love teaching. I love, love, love teaching Shivananda. It's going to be such a treat to have our own dedicated platform space at the ashram. I mean, you just can't help imagine how beautiful it is to practice uh, near the water there and how relaxing it is. And it's gonna be so nice to teach there for, I think it's a full, we have six days of class. It's a seven day retreat. We'll definitely have six days of yoga class. So all those days, I mean, I don't, that's bliss. I don't think it gets better. Well, that and someone else cooking my meals. Yes. I mean. <laughs> for me, that's huge. I said, I wrote in the comments, the, the meals are such a big part of it for me. I love the food there. Awesome. So folks, if you don't know yet, uh, where have you been? Um, <laughs> Nicole and I are hosting a week-long retreat all about spiritual leadership uh, at the Shivananda Yoga Ashram in the Bahamas. Uh, it starts on the 30th of May, goes for a week, and registrations are open right now. In fact, they're open right now with bonus coaching with both Nicole and me if you do register by the 20th of March. Super, super, it, like when I talk about this retreat, I just kind of look off into the distance and get wistful because I'm so excited about it. So maybe, Nicole, do you want to share? You said that you'd had some people asking you questions yeah. Uh, what sort of things? Let's do a bit of FAQing. What have people been asking you? Yeah, I'll t I'll talk a little bit about it. And guys, if you have questions about anything related to the retreat, put them in the comments now. Yeah. We can talk about cool. it. This is the this is the time. So, I think uh, going on retreat at an ashram maybe is different for some people. Some people have been on retreat. Sometimes you go to a retreat center, but uh, it might be different than being at an ashram. So, kind of like talk a little bit about the daily schedule of the ashram. It, it's really nice because there's a structure there that exists all year long where they're doing satsang every morning and evening. They have special guests, they have kirtan artists, musicians coming, playing music, you know, which we get to participate in. And that's amazing because, you know, the meals are already set up. The satsang is set up. 
the spiritual energy is being held, you know, in the space all the time by the swamis who live there and the spiritual aspirants who have chosen the path of yoga. Um, and then we, and then we also have our interaction. So interspersed in that structure that already exists is me and Amy teaching our workshops in the middle of the day and giving you like these really practical, powerful tools and a very sacred space and a very safe mm. space. Yeah. Mm. I know um, I've been going to an ashram uh, every year for the past six years. And the reason, and I'd never, actually that was the first time I'd ever been to an ashram to stay. And, and I was nervous about it because it was new for me and it was a different tradition and I didn't know their style or quite what to do. Um, and I went with a, a, like us, I went as part of an event that was happening there. And it was just the most beautiful way to bridge that gap because I had other people with me that kind of weren't sure either. It wasn't like I was the only person who didn't know what to do and what everything meant and what was okay and what wasn't okay. It was actually, you know, it was, it was such a great entry point to what it's like to, what ashram culture is like. And now I'm much more comfortable and I, you know, go stay at other places. Well, not to say that they're all the same. They're not. They're all fabulously different, but there are common elements that no longer, I don't feel like the outsider anymore because I have those, had that experience of having a, you know, a friend sort of take me through it, which I think is, folks, if you're, if you're, if you love the content, if you've been enjoy, enjoying what Nicole and I have been doing over the past couple of weeks and it's resonating with you and you realize, you know, this is something that you would, like to grow more for yourself if it is the idea about going to an ashram let it be just a joyful opportunity because um uh, you know it's, it's a big part of our lineage if you're a yogini and uh I, I mean i would love to help some people who might not have been somewhere like this to feel comfortable about it yeah it's like it's really a great it's a i think it's a very special opportunity to get to do a retreat at an ashram i'm excited about it uh, I mean, beyond excited about it. I love the Bahamas ashram. I've spent tons of time there. <laughs> um, someone asked Amy if you know the prices of flights coming from Australia, since I know it's a little a little far. I'm not I'm not sure about that. No idea. Um, I mean, yeah, no idea. I'll, 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 I'm coming from the state, so I don't even know what the tickets. Um, and look, You're and okay. it also depends who asked that. I want to find out who asked that question. Yeah. Oh, okay, Peter. Okay, so lovely. You're in my community. You know I don't fly coach, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, it depends. It depends is the answer to that one. Um, but check it out. Check, I mean, here's the thing. The thing. There's a couple of things to remember about this. Um, about this retreat, it's not. It's a special retreat. Like it really. Uh, yeah. I know everybody says that about their retreats, but this one is different. Nicole and I have done a lot of research and talked to a lot of people in putting this together. Um, it is an incredibly powerful space, um, which is something that, you know, Nicole and I, in our retreats that we do separately, we're both zealots for making sure that we will take people to power centers. And that is absolutely true here. Um, mm -hmm. and, and my intention is that it, is also an investment in your business. So you know, this is not just a holiday. This is actually business development training. And um, so if, if the financial investment is a, 
a hefty consideration for you, do be mindful that, you know, like we've been talking about today, you know, you get to make a great choice considering all of the sort of the full scope of the situation and that it's not just, well, I could go on a retreat in the Bahamas for a week. Yep, you can do that. And right. it's also going to be a really powerful business development opportunity. And I know Nicole's talked with me a lot now um, about how she really is really hopeful that awesome collaborations happen, that you meet other people on this retreat that support you in different ways, that you're going to have new biz besties and ideas. and motive. So it won't even just be the location and, and having Nicole and I as your teachers. It's going to be what you receive from everybody else who comes along as well. This is, this is a rare opportunity. Yeah, I love that point, Amy, because I've been speaking to a lot of people who are like more in the early stages of starting a business or they're like, I know I want to be a spiritual leader. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I'm feeling called. You know, they keep saying, I, I feel like this group, you know, this training that we're doing right now is exactly what I need. I feel like this retreat is exactly what I need, but I'm not really sure um, how it's all going to look. And if you're at that phase of your business, this is absolutely the place to be. You'll get to be around people who are a little more ahead of you in, in deciphering and determining their business. And you'll get examples of what that looks like. You'll connect with other people in all different phases of business, development, creation, you know, established, new, career transformation. Lots of people came from the corporate world and are now moving into the spiritual world. So all of that, like, the in-person connection, I think coming out of isolation is such an important piece. Not that, I mean, we have this community and everything, but I think being in person with people where you can have those conversations that you wouldn't be able to have online, you can be more yeah. vulnerable, can share more about what's really happening. We can open our hearts a little bit more and talk about our struggles in our business and how we overcome them. That's such a huge benefit of retreat, which is why I so, so, um, so wanted to do this with Amy because I want us to be in person. I just think it's so important that we not forget in this virtual world that there is magic that happens in person. And if you are in a stage of trying to consider your options and build something new, this is the place you know to start to do that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'm just as you were as you were sharing, I'm pinging in my mind is all of the incredible collaborations that have come about as a result of people being on my retreats and meeting each other. And mm -hmm. I have no doubt that that's going to happen here. I also think that for anybody who practices yoga, um, you know, one of the things I always talk about with Shivananda is it is a comprehensive yoga system. And so mm -hmm. if you are the sort of, if you're a yoga teacher and, you've, and you're, you're uncertain about incorporating philosophy or uh, energy systems or pranayama or meditation if you have come through a training that was largely physical and maybe a little more exercise than spiritual um, the things that you will learn just by being in that environment will will really uh, support you in your teaching and what you're able to share with your students when you get home and I'm not saying that you're now going to teach shoulder stand like Nicole's going to teach us shoulder stand but just being in an environment where it's an integrated yoga system and it's not simply yoga asana incredibly beneficial to your teaching capacity yeah yeah it's true I mean for me being on an ashram was the turning point because I did yoga as exercise for many 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 years and being on an ashram was when I kind of had this like eye-opening moment of like, oh, there's a way to like 
actually live this in all areas of my life, like my diet. And that doesn't mean we have to be perfect yogis by any way, but like I can incorporate these principles into my food. I can incorporate this into my sleep. I can incorporate this philosophy into my business. You know what I mean? Like for me, so many ahas happened on my first time at the ashram. And I was only there the first time for six days or five or six days. So, you know, that magic, once it enters, I think we don't even have any idea how powerful it is and how much it works on us and changes us. So yeah, Yeah. the opportunity is amazing. Send questions, guys. We, and March 20th is the end date for our Libra special. So if you sign up before March 20th, you get the added bonus of a free coaching session with me one-on-one, a free coaching session with Amy one-on-one. So this will really, you know, I think set you up for the most possible successful retreat you could have to go into the retreat with intention and information from both Amy and I one-on-one. So don't miss that early bird um, bonus offer ends March 20th. Which is next? Nicole and I not excellent with time zones. We've not excellent. We're great with spiritual leadership. Nice. I mean, I'm pretty good with dates. The twentieth is Wednesday. Twentieth <laughs> yeah, is Wednesday. Which because we have, um, we're in different. Let's be your Wednesday. My Wednesday. Okay, we have different Wednesdays. So my Wednesday at you know eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern time is when that bonus ends. So you sign up through the Bahamas yeah. Ashram website. They take all the bookings. You go to Amy's site for Amy's page for the information, but when it comes time to register, you'll be registering through the Ashram. And then, you know, shoot us an email or a message and let us know you've signed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. A, like a happy dance boomerang or something. Uh, yeah, totally, yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, put, put that out there on Instagram if it's working. <laughs> and, <laughs> The, the yogi boomerang i'm going on retreat to the bahamas dance <laughs> who's up for that guys i'll do one i mean i'm so excited like i can't even tell you i'm so so excited to be back there and i'm so excited to be talking about this topic i feel like over the past week all the comments from all of the trainings have been really outstanding and unbelievable and like the insights and the engagement just feel like there's really a desire to be in a space to talk about this and do this work right now and like you know i said to amy like i think we're on to something you know with people wanting a place to have conversations about spiritual leadership because even just in this interaction i had today where there where i changed my mind and i made a different decision and the person was calling me names and threatening to take me to court. And and I was still able to approach it in a spiritual way with the help of my coach. And it turned the whole thing around, you know, and I found myself thinking like, I'm sure he doesn't meet many people who own their part and take responsibility when they make a mistake. And, you know, if more people could model this, not that I do it perfectly, I made a mistake, that's the whole point. But if if we could teach this and train ourselves to do this and more people could model this, how big of an impact will we have on the world, you know? So powerful. Alison says, it sounds wonderful. I won't be able to join you, but as this is the decision-making talk, I'd urge any people on the face to sign up. <laughs> 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 Thanks, <Alison. laughs> and Melissa, folks, you can't join us. Aww. It is a shame. But for folks who are on the fence, like, um, like I said earlier, and I'm sure Nicole agrees with me on this, um, 
indecision is uncomfortable. If you need help deciding, Nicole and I, we're yogis. We're not going to, we don't do pushy sales conversations or anything like that. But if you do want to jump on the phone with either of us, um, talk through any concerns that you've got. Um, We, our intention is that we have a, the perfect group of people there. And that means the people who really, really want to be there and feel great about it. So if you have any questions, uh, please reach out to us. You can't, uh, uh, this this one's important. You can't ask a dumb question. You know, if we've ha- I've had all sorts of questions from if you need to ask something to feel great about your decision, you just ask it. We're not going to, you know, about your diet or your if you need to bring special equipment or whatever your situation. Yeah. Or the room types, you know, if you're taking a look at the Bahamas, because you choose your room type, that's up to you. So if you're taking a look at the ashrams website, the, the yoga retreats website, and you're not sure about room types, just shoot me a message. I've been to the ashram so many times I can describe almost all the room types. And I think a great thing about the ashram is that they have really affordable housing. I mean, you can even sleep in a tent hut, which has a mattress and, you know, a fan and it's in a covered area. You can stay in a tent hut and you can also stay in like a deluxe luxury oceanfront villa. And um, this retreat is, you know, if this is a gift to yourself and you're like, I'm going big and I'm making this investment and I want to stay on the ocean and I want to both be on vacation and do spiritual leadership work, you know, they have uh, really nice oceanfront rooms, get one of those, you know, treat yourself, you deserve it. And if this is a stretch for you, but you still really feel called to do it and financially you're a little concerned, take a tent hut. They're really nice. I like the tent huts. I choose, I'd prefer, I, 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 love I, I choose them on purpose. Yeah. Me too. I choose them on purpose too. So I like though that, that this retreat, you know, can accommodate all yeah. different um, income, uh, you know, whatever restrictions because they do offer different room types. And Amy and I also, that's part of one of the reasons we we wanted to be there. I mean, we wanted to be at an ashram. We wanted to be somewhere that was accessible. We wanted to be somewhere that was affordable in ways, but also, you know, somewhere where you're going to feel like on vacation. <laughs> at a tent hut. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so amazing. I mean, also the people who I know are signing up, um, the ten huts look great. Who said that? The ten huts look great. <laughs> the ten huts are great. <laughs> Even Krishnadas talks about the ten huts. Does he? Like, that's yeah. 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 The, year. Yeah, the ten yes. huts are great. <laughs> Krishnadas sometimes goes to the ashram twice a year uh, to perform, but we have other kirtan while we're there. There will be kirtan. There will be chanting and singing while we're there, giving our retreat. So you'll get to experience that. If you've never experienced kirtan. I- highly recommended. I was yeah. super skeptical about it before I became a Shivananda yogi. And I was like, what's this? And I was super weirded out, but it is such an amazing practice to, to chant. So that's true. I, I don't know. I can't that. really say enough good things. Yeah. I think, well, I, I think, um, go take a look at the information folks, reach out to Nicole or I, if you have questions, we want to help you make a great choice. Yeah. Um, thanks for being here live with us, everybody. So there you have it folks. Another episode of the abundant yoga teacher, podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are interested in joining Nicole and I at the Shivananda Yoga Ashram in the Bahamas, we have registrations open for a couple more weeks. So head over to amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership. You can get all of the information there. And like Nicole and I were saying uh, on the training recording, if you do have any questions, please just shoot me an email, uh, amy at amymcdonald.com.au. So uh, we can have a chat about if this is going to be the right thing for you. Uh, 
um, and uh, book you in. It's going to be an absolutely amazing week of beach, leadership, uh, bhakti, yoga asana. You're going to love it. Okay, everyone, Till next time. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that fabulous yogi superstar. Want more from me? Subscribe to this podcast or follow me on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Talk again soon.